welcome to the In General Podcast, episode 89. Before we jump in, uh, a few messages. We have a, a partnership with Frome, which is every frame of painting. They basically condense a movie down into a canvas, so you see all the colors in like little strips. Really cool. Uh, we have a discount. You can get 10% off your Frome order using uh, discount code Jurassic Outpost. Link's in the description. And we've also opened the Jurassic Outpost store now. We're selling masks and we keep adding some by the day alex actually just designed one for the dinosaur company in jurassic park 3 so we're you know we're, we're staying online in line with our uh, love for jurassic park 3 you could almost call it unnatural love but we have uh, we also have kirby kirby line uh, check that out pull kirby stuff and uh, retro stuff and various other jurassic park stuff um links in the description for all of that i am joined today with chris and alex welcome guys hey how's it going hey hello 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 um, Jack, I, think... I want. Go on. I wanted to comment. You say, <laughs> you say frame very strangely. It's fr- <laughs> because it's from. What? <laughs> the company is called From. F O. I was like, I'm listening. I'm like, is he trying to say is that frame? Chris, you got to get you got to get more aware of what Jurassic Outpost offers to the community. We have uh, <laughs> from. It's from. Yeah, yeah. From. I, thought, I genuinely thought the name of it was Frame. And I was like, wow, they really got a uh, common word there. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Frome. Um, they are really cool, I wonder if it stands for anything. Frome. Frame. Real. Real. Um, <laughs> on my. On movies. Entertain. It just doesn't work. Um, <laughs> they need a new name. <laughs> I think. Um, I think we so, could hook them up with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll give you guys a new name in exchange for more discount for our for our followers. Uh, but no, we have um, a little animated Netflix show to discuss. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or seen it. Um, it's pretty fucking crap, but it's uh, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Um, so when the Camp Cretaceous crew are listening to this podcast, yeah, and this is their first just know the show podcast. sucks. <laughs> so when, when when it's like their first Outpost podcast and they're listening to this, they're like, oh, oh no. Uh, <laughs> what did we do? So, anyways, no, I'm, I'm anyways, for it's actually a good really show. Doesn't know. Yeah. I, I really loved Camp Cretaceous. I was surprised as well. I was as surprised as you are for the fact that I liked it. But um, yeah, let's talk yeah. about it. First impressions, Alex, because you 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 saw it this morning, right? I did. I, w- I woke up early. Thank God, being in the UK, I feel for all the people on the West Coast that had to get up at what like midnight to watch or stay up till midnight yeah, to watch. Yeah. So <laughs> I was trying to figure that one out, but it's uh, they or do three AM um, on the East Coast. Isn't it uh, West Coast, so PDT time, midnight is the Netflix Because I think Netflix HQ is in San Francisco, so they just, most shows they release at midnight on the dot for some reason. So we we were talking this morning, Alex, just before Mm. eight, before it actually dropped, and I was like, Mm. yo, 15 minutes. It was about to drop. Um, but yeah, and I I was still in bed, but I mean, I rolled out straight straight into a pair of jeans and slippers and... (laughs) <laughs> you know, five minutes later, I'm on the sofa, bowl of cereal. Love it, love it. Just I actually, like... I took the I took the day off to binge it, just just for you know something new. In, and you uh, regretted in that immediately. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you know what? I'm really glad I did it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's good. Go on. First impressions. That opening scene. You know, I I think the only the only thing I the only thing I need to say about the entire show, I felt like I had a really big stupid grin on my face the whole way through. I think it was just pure pleasure for me. Like, there's going to there's gonna be parts that I didn't like. There's going to be parts that I really liked. And I know it's not necessarily intended for me. I mean, it's something I probably would have loved to have received 10, 15 years ago when I was, you know, a kid. 
But sure. e- even now, yeah. I could still appreciate it. And honestly, just watching it made me happy. Yeah. That's probably, yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it, actually. Like, I, I knew what it was. It's not what I want with the franchise, but it was awesome. I had a really good time watching it. And it's something that I wish I had had when we were young. Um, uh, it's that perfect absolutely. kind of entertainment. Mm. Uh, you know, I was just curious this morning. I popped up on Twitter and just searched Camp Cretaceous uh, in the search bar for the latest. Just to see if anybody see, else had seen it. I was curious to see, like, outside of, like, the the known Jurassic community, like, who was tweeting about it. And I, was, I actually saw quite a few tweets, a lot of people with kids. Apparently, like, one kid was already on their second binge watch uh, today. And they look like, you know, like a little six-year-old or something like that. And I just realized this show is going to be it's complex enough that it doesn't really simplify the series and it doesn't make the movies entirely unapproachable. Like you can go from camp Cretaceous to the movies fairly easily. And this, the complexity of the story is going to remain the same and the content more or less is going to stay kind of comparable. It feels, yeah, it feels like it fits into the universe of Jurassic world very well. Um, And tells like the fact that it's set alongside Jurassic world, Mm. is really cool because we get to see things from a different angle and they really Mm. don't they don't push that to the limit where you're like okay we get it Mm. you're seeing the indominus rex in an entirely new way Um, (laughs) you're seeing everything that it that it was doing when they didn't know where it was the other side of the indominus rex yeah yeah, it ran to the other other side of the other island and um, (laughs) (laughs) hang out there but i i think that's really cool because it fills in the gaps of a movie of the movie Mm. Um, that you didn't necessarily know you you wanted to see, but it's I don't know they were able to craft um, they were able to craft a really cool story around it that felt independent enough, but but really does fit in with Jurassic World. Mm. Yeah, um, that that's the thing. Like I kind of watched it and I was like kind of bracing myself. I'm like, okay, there's probably going to be inconsistencies. Just live with them, try to enjoy it, everything like that. Like I thought there were going to be these like you know glaring things that just kind of jumped out that uh, didn't mesh. But it yes. didn't have that, uh, hmm. both continuity-wise and content stylization-wise. Yeah, the only thing that did stand out to me, like I, I cringed a, a tiny bit at, was was Wu and how it, it wasn't <laughs> his voice. It didn't look anything like him. And I think now, like, I struggle with the character of Wu anyway because he's like, mm. is he a villain? Isn't he? Like, what's his actual motive? And um, in this, he was fine. I just, I was like, whoa, okay, that's supposed to be Dr. Wu, fine. <laughs> I think I liked I liked the first sort of half of his appearance. I, I think I said this in a group chat earlier. It felt a lot like his kind of original novel characterization, um, where he's you know he wants to publish. He's so keen to get his work out there. He wants the recognition for what he's done. Uh, and as soon as as Brooklyn name drops Hammond and Mizrani, yeah, <laughs> a pink haired teenage girl with a cell phone. As soon as she name drops, you know these people taking credit for his work. You know, he, he has a complete turnaround that he's eager to, you know, be in the spotlight. Um, yeah. And I like that. I thought that was a nice kind of return for him. But yeah, the second half where he's basically just yelling at children. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I mean, to be fair, they're like, what, 15, 16, somewhere along mm. those lines. And what are you saying? He caught them breaking into his lab. So, like, at the mm. same time, like, without the lens of the films, like the recent films, Wu doesn't seem like he's evil in this. Because like, at first I was watching this, I'm like, oh, yeah, they've really, like, quadrupled down on evil Wu. <laughs> but then I realized I was kind of looking at it through the lens of, like, the two Jurassic World films. Mm. And the performance itself necessarily, it was just, he was sort of prudish uh, yeah. and cocky and kind of high on himself. Um, which, yeah, like, was more like the book. And he, I don't know, he could be human enough. I yeah. would like to see more of his character as the series goes on. 
if they could somehow make sense of that. I am surprised they didn't get BD Wong back. And also, we all predicted that there would be cameos from Claire and Owen. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad there wasn't yeah. because it didn't need it. But I really did think they would push that hard because, you know, Owen's everywhere. He's all over the toy packaging and things like that. You really think they, <laughs> yeah. would, they would want him in it. But I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad it that they almost, kept this. It almost felt weird that we didn't see Owen mm. or Barry at the Raptor Paddock, though. Yeah. <laughs> it actually, like... For when we talk about cameos and sometimes how they're about fan service, the absence of a cameo in that scene almost felt like rhythm breaking because they were like the guys in charge of that paddock. So you'd assume that like if a bunch of kids broke into the Raptor paddock and fell in and everything like that, and there was an instance one of those two people would be there in a heart's notice. That that moment as well, I think it kind of it ruins a little bit of Jurassic World. The the moment when Masrani and Claire are talking and Masrani's like, "Yeah, I want you." When you go see Owen, he um, you know, he's he's good at inspecting paddocks and knowing you know exactly his raptors try to escape and shit like this. And Claire could have quite easily turned around and been like, "But like three kids fell into his paddock like last night." <laughs> to be fair, she probably didn't know because that's a plot point. They can't get a hold of Claire. Yeah, yeah, this is true. And and they were kind of tiptoeing around some of the details because they were trying not to get in trouble and they're also trying not to get the program axed. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I know what you mean. Like, th- there certainly could have been mention of it, but I'm not sure if it entirely... I don't think it really breaks anything. Mm. So let's um, talk about the um, intro scene, the uh, VR game experience <laughs> that it's set on Isla Sauna, which is which is very cool. Um, yeah. What did you think of that whole intro scene, that whole opening? I mean, including from... you go, So you go from the Universal logo, the Amblin logo, mm. DreamWorks, and it does that... OG from the '90s thing, where it zooms in on the world, and then and then you get to the island. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that reminds me of like the old video was, games and things that used to do that. I can't recall. Was it Pangea on the uh, Universal logo? Oh, I, did, I uh, didn't notice actually. I think when it zoomed in, wasn't it just the Amblin logo? Was like was the world? Uh, yeah, but when the, when the Universal logo was turning, I don't. If I recall correctly, and it's been a minute, um, I don't think <laughs> it was the uh the normal universal logo i thought it was pangea on the globe hmm. oh that's cool i mean the whole um, thing was 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 great it was all I custom yeah. Little yeah opening and it doesn't take long but yeah the first thing you see so, right is a map of sauna i i like yeah. that i mean even the the way it starts with the the subtle beeping and that one one little dot on the screen that that had me hooked from the, the moment i was i was already on edge yeah and that game is cool man like <laughs> and the fact that <laughs> like, it resolves that with yeah the fact that it resolves um with the uh uh resonating chamber the resonating chamber of a velociraptor yeah Yeah, from jurassic park 3 i was like come on you know what's really funny in there (laughs) the first time when i was watching it when he was running by those bones on the ground i actually paused it because i thought i saw the resonating chamber and like obviously i did i was just like sitting there staring at it i was like what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like that's such a random little Easter egg. And then I let it play out, not realizing that it was actually going to be a plot point. Um, now I've seen some people questioning that already online. And I don't think that actually is any issue. That's probably something Grant published books and talks about after the incident in the resonating chamber probably, mm-hmm. probably became public knowledge and possibly even inspired how Owen trained the Raptors and studied the Raptors. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I also find it uh, <laughs> really picking at picking at things now, but like the fact that no other kid in the world <laughs> had figured Completely that out. That game. Yeah. I, 
Well, maybe that level just came out. Like, maybe it was like a progression based <laughs> thing. And, like, what we're not realizing is that the time to solve that puzzle was just limited. Um, so, when they use the Raptors to attack the T Rex, that's a callback to the unused sequence in Jurassic Park 3, correct? Uh, I thought it was a. Don't they jump it like the. Um... JP. The ending of Jurassic Yo, Park, yeah. Yeah, so they jump on it like the ending of Jurassic Park, and there's a lot of tracking there. But at the same time, in Jurassic Park 3, there was a point where they used oh, the you resonating mean, yeah. chamber. Where Grant uses the resonating chamber to call the Velociraptors to attack the Spinosaurus. Yeah, so Shelley Johnson talked about that in the interview I did with him. But yeah, uh, there was supposedly a scene where they encounter, I think it's, it must be after they give the eggs back, or maybe it was an exchange of or something, but they encounter the Spinosaurus, and then they use the resonating chamber to call the Velociraptors to get in a battle with the Spino, and then they hightail it out. Yeah. And honestly, I maybe that was just coincidental, but I, at this point, with all the references and whatnot in the show mm. i wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't coincidental and that was a bit of a nod to the uh unused jurassic park 3 ending um, but then we, we have I, to we it makes you wonder if they would actually have access to that material like would they know that that was something for jp3 well with our history we know that universal don't exactly catalog <laughs> the thing is yeah that's the thing like i'm not i don't necessarily think that universal maybe had the best uh archives unless they just sort of open it and said go through whatever you want um, but for like their actual brand reference and whatnot, I'm not sure. But we know Colin was heavily involved with the series, and mm. uh, he's in tune with things that the, the community talks about and knows a lot about Jurassic. So I wouldn't be surprised if when the resonating chamber came into play, maybe he thought of... Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm very curious. I don't know. The whole thing's really interesting. It's just a neat it's little a cool way to open idea. the show. And something, that, uh, something in retrospect for me that kind of made me feel a bit sad. That is literally the only appearance of of a T Rex in the entire show. Is it? Is it not? Yeah, except and, for the like the intro sequence. Yeah, obviously. yeah. Which is funny because we all thought Rexy would make an appearance too. Yeah, yeah. but we know the show is planned and already has multiple seasons cooked. Yes. So mm. yeah. you know they're obviously saving. Now she, we know she's out of her paddock now. Mm. So I'm surprised. I'm sure season two is going to have a moment where the kids are like, oh no, the T-Rex is free now. Well, that's what I was thinking is one of the, like after, we'll, we'll get to this because we'll go through the show a little bit. But um, at the end, you know, when they they start walking back into the jungle, you kind of think like, are they going to head to the main park? Like, where are they going to no, go? They're, 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 they're wild gonna... kids now. They, they live in the trees. <laughs> it's that unused uh Neilis was saying this before it's that unused jurassic park 3 idea where the kids are living in well grant's living in a tree maybe the kids kids are living in a tree and they could yeah, i right? mean they could just go back to the camp cretaceous and try and rebuild that tree thing i would i mean it looked like parts of it were still standing so i would mm, love yeah. to see like a version of camp cretaceous that then sort of got moved into with like utilities and survival gear and whatnot from the kids at the same time wouldn't it just be easier to like go to main street and like that's what i was thinking so if they go to main street or if they go to the uh security building that overlooks main street i forget the name uh they're gonna see rexy right because that's kind of her domain yeah so maybe that's what happens maybe they try to go to main street they realize the t-rex is kind of set up camp and they're like all right somewhere else we go darius (laughs) oh my god it's t-rex um, so let's talk about the characters. Darius um, is the kind of the you'd argue is the lead, right? Yeah, Darius yeah. is definitely, and he has like, the most in-depth kind of backstory. And I have to admit, if we talk episode four, mm-hmm. that got that got me, man. Mm. Yeah, that was sad. 
And it was so well executed as well. Really nicely put together. Mm. But really sad. (laughs) Um, But a few things I noticed in that episode, just outside of that whole, you know, the whole stuff with his father, is um, when he was on the computer, he was... Doesn't he mention a Alan Grant article that had been written on a certain species? But also that he's on the Jurassic World forums. Do you see that? Very familiar looking logo right there. Very familiar looking (laughs) logo. Um, Funny how there's pretty much no forums now. There are a couple, but... Nobody really uses forums because of social media. Um, um, but it was a cool little callback to, I it's, guess. It's a shame fun. our forum never caught on the way it could have uh, caught on. Yeah, I closed it down not too long ago. <laughs> like like three much. weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Just, <laughs> forums are just such a, unfortunately, a dead a dead, dead form man, of uh, yeah. social media mm. communication, which I like more because it's easier to have a long, ongoing, easy-to-reference conversation. Um I will always miss people. the forum days. Like, seriously. Because um, chats move too fast and so does social media yeah. and things get lost in the shuffle and forgotten. And social media they don't... sucks. There's no individuality on, like, websites. That's why it's it's just a shame that the internet has kind of moved in that direction. Everything is in one place, but it's not exactly fun uh, that way. But, yeah, we digress. Um, <laughs> episode four Camp Cretaceous. Uh, yeah, um, episode four was one of my favorites. Funnily enough... They mentioned that Zach and Gray were originally supposed to be going mm. to Camp Cretaceous. Yes. Uh, that's a neat little detail, and that totally makes sense. That sounds like, you know, they go to the park thinking they're going to spend it with Claire, and then Claire's like, oh, perfect. I have this little adventure park thing. Yeah. I'm too busy right now to deal with them. Let me off them onto that. That should be uh, <laughs> a quick, easy getaway. True and, like, it <laughs> makes it makes sense that actually really 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 makes sense yeah it's a good way of tying that in i'm also glad they weren't there because i think they would yeah oh that would have they would have had to take a couple of the main characters out to kind of fit that in because oh if you look at like i don't know that i just don't think they would have blended in too well but um yeah it was a really cool reference really cool that they did that Mm. um and then yeah i guess (sighs) i guess we can talk about uh, I think it's episode five and six, maybe six and seven, where they reveal this Manticore. Yeah, so, so this not is probably... Biosyn. That's interesting, isn't that? Yeah, so they've introduced another new company, starting to sound like the um, JP4 sales script. They have all these different organizations, <laughs> um, but yeah, Manticore Corp, Corp, Corp. Um, interesting. So they were trying; they're a rival of Mizrani. And they task a teenager with uh, smuggling samples and evidence off the island via drone, funnily enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? No. So the Manticore, we see the smuggling. I mean, that all kicks off pretty early on. So like, you finally get all the revelation as the show goes on. Um, but I find the whole concept to be pretty compelling. Um, it's bound to my happen. Question- yeah. Like, there's, no, so, there's obviously not just... Biosyn that are going to be after all this genetic material. Jurassic World is highly profitable. Other companies mm-hmm. are going to be going for that. So it makes sense. It's just, I think my main issue with that, I said this in the review. So if you haven't checked that out, we dropped a review maybe four days ago now, a video review. So you can you can check that out on our YouTube um, or anywhere like that. Uh, but the only thing for me is the whole, the show as a whole, the first four episodes really build up and it really mm. keeps going. And then mm-hmm. I feel like after that fourth episode, it kind of just plateaus it kind of just trails off and it doesn't i'm not saying those episodes are bad the remaining episodes are great it just doesn't keep building 
Yeah. And I feel like things like the Manticore thing, uh, it just it kind of doesn't really go anywhere. And obviously we know they're doing more seasons, but season one as a whole, I feel like it really climbs in the first four and then it just flattens. Um, and ends, yeah. ends cool, but you know. So a few things. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. The thing is, is the show really had like these kind of uh, multiple plot lines that are pushing forward. And a few of them kind of got put on pause right after episode four. Um, it kind of feels like. And it, it just became more of a raw survival story. And I think that that kind of led to a feeling of like the stakes just not continuously building. And my biggest takeaway from season one is it was good. Um, and the Manticore stuff has a lot of potential, as does really just the setting of the park. But I'm, my question is, is did this sh- did season one of the show justify itself um, existing as a story? You know what I mean? Like, did it have enough of a hook for somebody that like, you know, somebody that's like me, like they're into it, but not super into it, like with Star Wars, um, you know, where I watch Star Wars Rebels, like mm-hmm. there's enough of a story hook where I'm like, oh, there's a story here. I want to keep dealing, you know, I want to keep watching this and, you know, taking my time out and I'm not sure if a survival story with kids is ex- exactly going to be that draw for people. We've seen people surviving dinosaurs over and over and over again. So it's the Manticore stuff and it's the other stuff that really has more potential, in my opinion, and the stuff that has a chance to be larger in the grand universe of Jurassic. So that's something that I'd like to see the future seasons tap into. Yeah, it, it definitely does feel like it's the season one of something that needs a season two ASAP. It, like they, well, they built them together. <clears throat> I um, feel like season I never, one. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about like movie franchises, it's such a bad thing in movies how they do that, where you have to watch one movie and then it's like, well, if you want to see how this concludes, you need the next one. <laughs> it's just it's wrong, and I feel like this show. I feel like it does have its own independent story, and you and you get closer with the kids in those last four episodes, and they survive. So for the younger audience, I'm sure it's going to be absolutely fine. But yeah, in the grand scheme of like world building, it sets some things up like in a first arc would, yeah. and then it just. Uh, sorry a first act and then it just leaves them out in the ether and you so know you, season two's coming but it yeah does it ju- yeah it get, that's your question. what is does this it justify itself itself as an independent jurassic story that's doing something new i'm not exactly sure it quite justifies itself there but yeah the characterization of the kids is actually a lot better than i expected um you think that there are certain archetypes some of them are but um i think that they did a good <laughs> job with brooklyn uh, for example, the social media star who really is a lot more human than you might have thought and who is actually dealing with the toxicity of basically being someone that age and being caught up with social media and online yeah. bullying. And that I was one of that my was... favorite aspects of the show is the yeah. fact that they really, because the target audience of that show are the kids that are getting sucked into TikTok and things like that <laughs> and having you know social media as a major part of their life and, and constantly comparing themselves to others. And I think that's such an important message, showing her being you know the top of her game or at least being a huge social media star and then coming to that realization that that really doesn't matter it doesn't mean shit and it's great because and also they didn't make her shallow yeah Yeah, they didn't make her shallow they didn't make her obnoxious um yeah i think it's cool to be struggling (laughs) with that like what people think of her online that's the key message and i think yeah again i think that's so important for the target audience like there's so many people that get sucked into that and think there's like twitter means anything it's like it doesn't it doesn't mean shit (laughs) (laughs) and uh, yeah i think that i think i'm really glad that they did that and they also had um 
who was the ah oh, I forgot the name was it it's not Benji it's Kenji Kenji um, <laughs> him as well yeah he had a, yeah Benji <laughs> blending the two there he uh, I like his characterization as well he's yeah obviously a bit of a prick and then he, by the end of it he starts to realize. He starts to be nice to Darius. He's still a prick, to... but like a likable prick. Yeah, 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 yeah. He starts to realize he doesn't need all the credit. Like he'll get more. People will like him more if he's able to. Like, oh, thank you, Darius, for the help. Um, that's the thing. A lot of these characters, a few of them are over the top, but they just balance it out for the most mm. part. I think the only one that I felt like maybe needed more balancing was Ben. He was like a little too whiny and neurotic. <laughs> Like with every performance, I was expecting to to kind of find him really irritating. Like he was the one character I was really worried about, but I actually mm-hmm. feel like I I kind of grew with him as the show went on, as he kind of became more more kind of sure of his footing and less kind of, I guess as he became a mother to Bumpy, <laughs> I yeah, kind of I kind of grew to to really like him. <laughs> I, I I get that, but I also was really confused as to what he was afraid of absolutely everything including <laughs> you know the air around him and then all of a sudden he picks up this dinosaur that's just hatched i don't know sees this giant dinosaur well big dinosaur in the wild and just like is instant friends with it i find it a <laughs> tiny bit out of character for he's him. probably been around animals or something so bumpy might have reminded him of a pump a, pu- a pumpy a puppy <laughs> bumpy the bumpy one. Um, a puppy. Yeah, no, no, yeah, fair point. Fair point. Um, people, people connect with animals, especially baby animals. So I think that that's just what kind of helped bring him out of his shell. Ironically, an animal. True. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's inside it. of a armored shell, sort of. Um, yeah. Not really a shell. Well, it, you know, that let that Angulosaurus grow up, and it'll be a um, tank in war. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> perfect for six. I mean, he's getting. Bi- uh, she's getting big fast. So yeah, um, not nice to assume gender. <laughs> But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, it was a cool. So, it was cool. I liked it when. Uh, uh, where was it when he's hiding her in the bush? <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of like, nah, nah, nah. and then he has to try and push her like to move her quicker. Um, so that was all really cool. I want to rewind for a second. Maybe we should just do like a quick episodic breakdown and then talk because we we started doing that, then we got off track. Yeah, we started talking about the ending. <laughs> yeah. and then we start talking about season two and you know yeah. well we can talk about season three if you like well you know it's really funny because <clears throat> we found book listings for season three and the book the tie-in books are due out by spring of next year so it looks like season three will be out before jurassic world dominion if everything stays on target well, hopefully wow. they release season three before season two uh, yeah i also <laughs> hope because that. that would make sense um, uh, season maybe. two i think will probably be out around december or january or maybe february at the latest yeah i'm thinking early 2021 i i know that it was originally planned for this year um but i think everything kind of pushed it back um same with season one it got pushed back a bit so yeah that, that was supposed sense. to be out in the summer with the toy line wasn't it uh, yeah, I think the toys came a bit early and the show came a bit late, so you came with this weird uh, gap between them. But the Which is what was... happened with Battle at Big Rock as well. I love that. That's yeah. twice they've done that now. <laughs> well, at least with Battle at Big Rock, it made more sense because they delayed it. And yeah, 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 but never just releasing toys and being like, as seen in Camp Cretaceous, all these kids are like, what the fuck is Camp Cretaceous? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and what's crazy is that, um, the toy line's filled with dinosaurs that aren't even in the show yet. Um, yeah. There's like a reddish orange <laughs> Dimorphodon. There's the Stigmolic, um, Baryonyx, the, bar- the series of Baryonyx, right? It's a couple of yeah. them. Yeah, 
And the, yeah, there's going to be like three of them, like Grim Chaos. You really and, thought they would be part of the show, but yeah, I guess that's season two. Maybe or they, season so, three. Or season three. On, or on top four, of that, there's know, been stuff like the Trodon, which we believe is in the show. Um, and there's like a toy that we've seen pictures of, but like we don't know for certain that's in the show, but it's like, what season is that? But yeah, there's probably up to at least six seasons, um, which is nice. Yeah, and it makes you wonder how many they've completed so far. Because like, I'm kind of getting the impression they did season two along the same time. So like, it was all recorded and made at the same time. Season three's next, but I feel like they've already kind of got season two in the bag. That would be smart budget management. Yeah, <laughs> you could save a bundle doing that. <laughs> yeah, they are very short. It's twenty minute episodes, right? So yeah. So uh, episodically, then Chris. So uh, I mean, I don't have the list in front of me, but uh, so oh, there's episode God's one sake. that ends. For God's sake, Christopher! So what's <laughs> so, so head to JurassicWiki.com. Yeah, uh, a guy called Alex, <laughs> who we'll have to have on the podcast sometime, but he has been hard at work on this encyclopedia and hard at work doing the Camp Cretaceous page. Full of information. Um, and uh, I mean, some stuff may have gone up a little early. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but good shit, man. Um, I'm looking at this wiki now. So the first episode is called Camp Cretaceous. Very inventive title. Um, and uh, this was written by uh, Zach Stentz and Scott Creamer, which are the two sort of showrunners, execs, you know. Um, so you want to go through it uh, one by one, Chris? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, I mean, episode one, I, what did you think right away with uh, opening on, again, this is a spoiler podcast, like seeing the compi right away? That's the one dinosaur that actually has not been in the trailers as far as I know. Yeah. Mm. That was cool. A little rogue compi. And also, uh, were there compies in Jurassic World? We never saw them. No. We never knew that they were there but it's implied that they're there with fallen kingdom and this is sort of them explaining it <laughs> yeah kind of cool how they had it just running wild in the jungle and they were able to just kind of contain it like that <laughs> i like how she even said like oh they're always getting out you know i feel like the, the next line is you know stealing babies and yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah that was cool dave and roxy are um i actually like them a lot more than i thought i would mm. and hang on let's yeah. just quick one here so is it glenn powell Glenn Powell? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, who's playing uh, Dave. Yeah, so correct me if I'm wrong, but he was going to be the star of Jurassic Park 4 back in the day, right? Um, That's what you've said before, <laughs> and I think there was a story that went with it. I don't know how close he got or if he was just one of the people in talks, but yeah. No, he never, he never replied to our tweet, which is just pff, so rude. Um, <laughs> but that was a long time ago. But yeah, there was definitely a time where he was being cast. Well, he's doing um, a lot of press for Camp Cretaceous right now, so maybe we can. Yeah, but try they won't to ask him. him the important questions. Like, no, well, maybe we can try to talk to him, and then we can just like bring that up and get get the story, get the scoop. Yeah, we'll scoop it out of him. But yeah, Camp Cretaceous. <laughs> so Dave and Roxy are, are really cool, and it's Jamil Jamil um, uh, as Roxy. But they're cool characters. I they I, I like that they didn't really feel incompetent in their in their jobs. <laughs> Like they, you know, they have a little fun to them and, you know, there's, there's a little silliness, uh, especially from Dave, but they just never feel incompetent. And that's something that I think would have maybe ruined the show if that, you know, everything yeah. that was happening was their fault. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is surprising yeah. how it ended up, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> so episode one uh, introduces the characters, Dave and Roxy, they see the compi, they get to camp. Um, what else? 
zip line. They take the zip line. Ah, that famous scene with uh, <laughs> Darius and the Brachiosaurus. Darius and the Brachiosaurus. <laughs> it's an Apatosaurus, isn't it? No, 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 no it's, it's a Brachiosaurus. No, there are no Apatosaurus in uh, Camp Cretaceous that we've seen. Not even in that passing valley shot. Where no, no. None. No, oh. no apatosaurus. I think there um, was an interview where they said because they were using the Brachiosaurus, they didn't want to use another long-necked dinosaur alongside it. They just thought there was there was no point. It would just be, you know, you wouldn't enough. be able to see the difference from afar. Fair yeah, enough. And say, most people save them for later seasons. I always, I've already seen a few of this, but most people, not in the fandom. I mean, I'm talking outside, like major. Like you know, hardcore Jurassic fans, but people always call it the Brontosaurus, and I love that. <laughs> Just like Kenji. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's the um? What's that Simpsons episode where he <laughs> Skinner writes the is it Billy and the Brontosaurus? The, Billy and the Brontosaurus. It <laughs> always reminds me of that when someone calls it that. Um, I think oh, we we're all a poo, you know, lecturing him on on the book and the. <laughs> I just love the rant he goes on. Like, it was the highest grossing movie of 1993. (laughs) Um, Okay, so episode two, Secrets. So with the rest of the crew all visiting... Oh, wait, no. Episode one, we're missing out the the scene that Owen should have been in, maybe. Oh, Oh, yes, of course. So they fall into the raptor paddock. As you do. As you do. As you do. And they, they don't really even fall to... into it. They they jump into it. Let's be <laughs> let's be honest. Like they willingly jump into a raptor paddock. They and then open the gate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, love that. And and Brooklyn just stands up there, and she we get the impression she runs off. <laughs> She's like, I'm not risking my celebrity fame for this shit. Um, but no, yeah, that, that that was cool, and that was a good experience. But you're right. Mm. Yeah, I guess watching it again, you kind of think maybe Owen should have been here or Barry. Barry, I think, would have been, like, the perfect little nod if, like, we just kind of saw him run in the background and, like, leading the ACU for the response. Mm. Um, that would have been a nice, soft way to bring him back for Dominion after sitting out Fallen Kingdom. It's, yeah, we, we've talked about that so many times. But, yeah, no, I think that Barry would have been cool to see. And maybe, assuming that, quote-unquote, good guys or whatnot return to Isla Nublar at some point. Maybe Barry could still be working for, like, the good parts of Engen or the good parts of Masrani Globe or whatnot. Like, maybe we can see Blade Barry in a later season of Camp Cretaceous is what mm. I'm getting at. No, like, no, no, may- no. Barry's going to be a villain in Dominion. <laughs> Definite villain. That's why he wasn't in Fallen Kingdom. He was one of the poachers. He was at, <laughs> he was at Lockwood Manor trying to buy a dinosaur. He He's actually, yeah, he, he hunts the rap. Hunts people with raptors. Yeah, can you imagine. <laughs> All right, so oh episode two, we have secrets with the rest of the crew off visiting a genetics lab. Kenji or Benji, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> sneaks Darius into the park's top secret underbelly and straight into danger. So I think the one so thing that's... the show did really well was introduce the underground tunnels of Newport, mm-hmm. which we haven't seen mm-hmm. before, and it's something that uh, has been since Jurassic Park. And even in the books, right, there's underground mm. tunnels that connect mm. the paddocks, connect the buildings. It's how they transport food. It's how they transport little goats. Um, <laughs> you know, it's how, it's how they get things around. And it's always, and it was even in the John Sells JP4 script, yes. Trapdoor Raptors, the Raptors had figured out the underground tunnels and they were using it for hunting and they were acting like trapdoor spiders, which... Escava Raptors. Jesus Christ, man. I want to see that so bad. <laughs> I think that's such a it's- natural progression, right? from raptor to spider like it makes sense <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but jesus how scary would that be man like a little 20 minute horror on nubla and you got these fucking trapdoor raptors <laughs> honestly if 
if they wanted to do hybrids, I think like that might have been the way to do it. Is like just take a dinosaur species and then give it some sort of trait from some sort of be you know like not necessarily a chimera, but just kind of take certain traits and give it to them and see if it works. Yeah, yeah. But we're past that point anyhow. But that I do think that that sequence of the trapdoor raptors, the excavator raptors, it does sound so cool. It's yes. crazy. But I've had time to warm up to the fact that it's not a real dinosaur and everything like that. So, like, yeah, I don't know. It's a really cool sequence. Yeah, really, really cool. But anyway, back to Camp Cretaceous Land. They, um, <laughs> uh, th- yeah, they head into the underground labs and then they end up directly inside the Carnotaur paddock. Dun, 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 dun. Which is cool. Um, and the realization is very cool as well. Like the way it's played out, you know, how they approach the gate, the fence, and they're like, yes. <laughs> and then they kind of look up and you're like, hang on, I think, I think this, I think we're on the inside. <laughs> um, which is, yeah, really, really cool. But it would have been cool, you know, it would have been funny if when they open the hatch or they'd used like a platform like the goat in Jurassic Park had been, you know, how it raised. Oh, up that oh, would yeah. have been. <laughs> Oh if they'd God, raised up and then great. a goat ran off. <laughs> if, that, if they went up on a platform like that and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's an elevator to the mainland. And it's like, yeah. okay, cool, cool. <laughs> and then like he starts looking at it and noticing there's like like a post on it for like where goats would be. And, yeah, like, yeah. That yeah. would have been perfect. Yeah. Well, hey, Jack, there's still later seasons because the underground <laughs> system's still there. It yep. potentially, well, they might have taken it out of place since it all locked down. Um, but if they didn't, it potentially has a ton of different things like that and that could be a really funny gag agreed yeah i think that's i think that's cool but yeah so they end up inside the carnotaur paddock and i think th- the most important thing is people uh finally get to see the carnotaur but it plays a major role and they call it toro toro right toro toro mm-hmm. um but it plays a major role in this show and i think that's great because it's a dinosaur that people have always wanted to see um i, I mean absolutely like Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love how they immediately have it scarred so that, you know, we recognize it throughout the show. And I, I think they were very aware with the Indominus dying at the end of Jurassic World, it couldn't be it couldn't be the villain of this mm-hmm. this show the whole way through. So this was just a nice a nice way to have something that could carry over into the next season. This, yes. The poor Carnotaurus also, it just is accidentally getting its ass kicked chasing after these kids. Just trying it's just trying to it's just trying to eat. <laughs> It is just constantly getting brutalized throughout the series. <laughs> and yeah. I I feel bad for it because there's a scene later on where it just, it's acting like a big puppy playing with a barrel. And it's like, when you look at it like that, you're like, oh, he's not he's not evil. He's just really hungry. And he's having a hell of a time eating these kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, so but I was surprised have... to show him get the scar. Like, they, like, we watched him get a scar and it like has blood in it. And that, to me, was a little surprising just for the show. I was like, oh, I didn't think they'd go there, but okay, cool. It's, again, a good nod to the movies. Keeps it in line. Um, uh, so so they're supposed to be digging shit, and they end up in the Conotaur paddock. The other guys are in the lab. So this is where we see Dr. Wu, and this is where uh, Brooklyn... So Brooklyn sneaks into Wu's lab just to get some content for her social. But this is where Sammy... We see her in the back. We kind of get the hint, like, what's she doing around the back there? And she, she's able to play that off. <laughs> but um, what does uh, Brooklyn see? She sees the Indominus Rex. Some blueprint. Yeah, I think there's even a, um, um, a, a, a picture of a Spinosaurus 
skeleton yeah. isn't there as well <laughs> yeah so like there's like documents up there and like you could see like a bit of the indominus you could see a spinosaurus skeleton um who, who knows what else there is very bare office i have to say um i don't know if you picked up on that it was like oh yeah it was a very bare. <laughs> it wasn't the same office as his one no but it was in, a different um, place eh? it was a different yeah exactly so this was like yeah. his above board office probably mm. like you know where he just comes and uses his computer <laughs> where he can lock the door nothing shifty going on here <laughs> no but um yeah so that was it that was the research lab so we see them driving towards it the research lab sign thing mm. uh, and yeah pretty cool episode so the, the episode three is the cattle drive so the campers hop into their gyrospheres to help move a dinosaur herd towards fresh grazing lands but an incoming storm stirs up expected trouble um this was fun it's kind of re- a repeat of what Zack and Grey went through. Yeah, I think this is the one episode that feels like it didn't really push the show forward at all. Maybe maybe the characterizations a little bit, but I think it's the one that you could accidentally skip over and it probably wouldn't affect you that much. Um I guess I don't know. I think it provides some important characterization. Mm. Um I think that I mean oh no 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 cuz this episode's important cuz Sammy collects the DNA. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but I'm pretty sure you don't see that until things fall apart, right? It might be I think no, no, no. End. You see it at the end of the episode. Ah, right. Okay, yeah. And that's when Brooklyn sees it. Um, but we don't really revisit that until I think like the end of things fall apart. Also, mm. the Jeep. I mean, just pointing that out. The um, the vehicle that Dave and Roxy drive. We loved that when we saw that in the pictures and mm. the trailers. You know, mm-hmm. the, the six by six. But uh when you see it zipping around like when it when in, episode, in the episode before when they leave uh kenji and uh, darius it just flies <laughs> and the kids are like, that... rocking in the back <laughs> but i like that it, it had this it's got this nice style to it the show and well like, it also like, reminds me of like the way camp counselors will drive also because a lot of times you're out there having fun you know you have a little bit of rule of the domain and everything like that i don't know it just they feel very natural they feel like camp counselors camp counselors yes. to me yeah. mm-hmm. and it has that energy to it and it uh i don't know it has a mixture between summer camp and like premium vacation and willy wonka's chocolate factory and <laughs> I, I don't know vacation yeah. i don't know it's got it's got a lot of these perfect little vibes of just intrigue that kind of suck you on yes agreed um but that episode yeah i kind of see what alex is saying and i think if you're if you've watched jurassic world over and over seeing the gyrospheres again for me like i never liked the gyrospheres anyway but seeing them again it was like yeah i guess it's cool you get to explore them more you get to spend more time in them and like uh and then they have that whole sequence where they have to rescue um the quicksand brooklyn and And darius yeah Yeah, it was actually i felt like that scene was scary it felt like a callback to the gyrosphere scene um in fallen kingdom yeah that's what i was thinking yeah but i felt like this one was actually scarier I don't know if it was the music that they're using or whatnot, but this one actually felt like more horrific. Whereas the one in Fallen Kingdom, I never, it never quite felt. Well, you knew it was going to be fine in Fallen Kingdom because Chris. Well, he also knows uh, because. Well, no, because Owen had just survived like you know lava and a whole. Yeah. What do they call that cloud? <laughs> the um. Uh, Pyroclastic or. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flow. He he just survived definite death, and then he <laughs> jumped off a cliff death. and survived potential death with landing on water that's as hard as concrete so you know they're gonna get out of that you know there's no fair, real risk I, fair. I think that, oh, I this was the movie. point with me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but no, anyways, uh, so when they're sinking in the mud, I was actually like, I was like, wow, this is really terrifying. Like, I can imagine watching this as a kid and being stressed. And that was to me, and those are the moments I love in these things. It wasn't a dinosaur. Um, I mean, it was nature. It, but yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the Sinoceratops did put the hole in the uh, thing, which, by the mm. way, these gyrospheres, they are not living up to their reputation. Like, how did more people not die in Jurassic World? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've um, seen them just get constantly demolished. Yeah. Like the Sinoceratops, which I'm glad we're seeing more of, by the way, because it kind of was just in Fallen Kingdom and never really, I don't know. So now we're seeing a Sinoceratops. It's like. Well, it had a scene, didn't it? It had a whole scene to itself. Yeah. Which is great. Which is really cool. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it was cool as well how Sammy, you know, despite what she's doing and, and whatever, um, she's from a ranch herself, right? Family yeah. of a farm and things like that. So she kind of knows how to speak to or interact with like large wild animals and she's able to calm it down a little bit exactly um, you know darius has the book smarts of dinosaurs and dinosaur behavior but he doesn't actually have working with animals real working world, on a yeah. farm or everything like that and it balances out and again it helps humanize sammy um they did a good job with making her incredibly relatable and uh just yes likable with everything that's going on with her character so things fall apart episode four now this is the episode that made um made me cry and i'm sure it made you cry and i'm sure it made everybody cry no it, it was um it's a sad it was episode pretty, it was a sad episode as soon as it opens you go oh yeah. no like literally as soon as that ep- episode started i go oh we're gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> i'm it's, like this episode's gonna be sad it's hard but uh no really well written really well executed and not too in your face either like it doesn't overload it with emotion yeah it's the right balance and then so what happens after the actual sequences with his father so you have um newly face to face is this where is this where they leave uh damon roxy leave episode four yes yeah yeah because they're trying to basically meet with claire and tell her like hey zach and gray they cannot come with this come come with us we are too short staffed things have been crazy these kids are a chaos magnet and these, it's funny because they're like not even acting out as much as they could be they mm. just keep getting like abnormally large scale danger yeah so the kids are told to stay behind and stay inside and i think they they get out right because they're bored and they climb up onto yeah. the zip line just to have a look and then some so this is where we get like first real deaths mm-hmm. so you have <laughs> the two workers running out which I, it's quite a funny sequence actually. They're like, what are you doing up there? Like, get that. Um, and they're just like, what? <laughs> what are you saying? You'll have to speak up. Whatever it is. It's, uh, they think they're being yelled idea. at. They think they're being yelled at for being up on the zip line without the counselors. So they're like, yeah. oh, what? Sorry. No, yeah. we'll be down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys are like, you're going to get eaten. Like, get the hell out of here. And it's yeah. Just, and while this happens, guess what happened? Oh, which by the way, I want to talk about two things right before that. When the Brachiosaur goes down, I laughed mm. because <laughs> we've had a sauropod. The Brontosaurus, I, you mean? I, I laughed for two reasons. One thing, it was really janky looking. Like, it kind of looked like like a parody thing, like like the Flash <laughs> cutout. Like, they had a cutout of a Brachiosaur, then, like, mapped it and, like, just kind of, I don't know. It looked par- almost parody-like. Do you know what I mean or no? <laughs> yeah. I didn't kind notice. <laughs> okay. But the other thing was, um, it, that was just one little thing. What was the other thing? Oh, the other thing was a sauropod has died in every single one of the Jurassic World era um, <laughs> things outside of Battle of Big Rock. Like World, Fallen Kingdom, and now this have just had 
sauropod die. <laughs> sauropods die. Yeah, pretty gruesome. But th- yeah, then we see um, then we see her. We see the hybrid of all hybrids. And we get a, finally another camouflage scene. We get Verizon Wireless presents, presents the Indominus Rex or the Diabolus Rex. <laughs> Remember uh, that? The <laughs> yes. Diabolus Rex. What a time. The D-Rex. Yeah. D-Rex. Maybe, maybe we'll get that in the uh, maybe we'll get that in the series. The D-Rex. Or maybe we'll just get like another random letter like the S-Rex or something. S-Rex. <laughs> so the Indominus Rex attacks them on the zipline and they end up going they end up using the zipline um and escaping and then falling into the jungle Pretty yes cool. yeah that was um that looked kind of terrifying when they fell like that also so then do they just spend the rest of the episode just they have to they, they go back to of, camp <laughs> yeah yeah is they're at camp by the end of it right yeah uh, yeah yeah Basically. So they sort of sneak in through the jungle. They have a couple more interactions with the Indominus Rex, and then they go back, right? Yes, and they, they get back see the camp. Camp is destroyed. And yeah, that was something that was a little surprising to me that they were just going to. They kind of built this really cool looking camp that we didn't really get to explore, and it was just destroyed. And that's the other thing about Camp Cretaceous is like we've talked about, like, oh, will we see more of the park? Um, the answer is yes and no. You're not going to see more of the park that you knew about. You will see more of the park that you didn't know about. Know about, I guess. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to see more of Main Street or see what the water park was like, or like get an understanding of how the T-Rex exhibit fully worked or whatnot. Because we're not going in the main parts of the park. Yeah, this is yeah, this is where you realize the timeline is caught up, and this is yeah. Jurassic World now. So, uh, Happy Birthday, Eddie is the next episode. <laughs> Which, um, that was pretty funny. So they're, they're going through the jungle and they escape and they find the genetics lab, right? And um, there's one guy left and his name is Eddie. And it's his birthday. <laughs> and um, that's pretty much it. What a day he had. <laughs> and, um, okay, so I just want to jump ahead to, you know, the big death scene, whatever. That was pretty horrific. You mean Eddie's? Yeah. Yeah. People, people called Eddie just don't have a have a good time in the um, Jurassic franchise. I mean, there's Eddie Carr who got torn in half. Yeah. Um, Eddie J. Fernandez, who played the one of the construction workers in Jurassic World, he was the first one to get eaten by the Indominus <laughs> Rex. He got like a leg ripped off. Um, you know, it's just it's a tough world of being Eddie. Um, but yeah, no, I was surprised at how much they drew out that scene. I thought Camp Cretaceous would kind of want to make it like run 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 like there's a chance and then like then it's just a quick off like off screen death or whatever but they really drew out his impending doom um yeah so he's kind of he runs out there he gets in the ambulance transport vehicle thing right yeah yeah tries to drive away um yasmina tries to run after him and then the indominus rex comes out of nowhere uh attacks the vehicle does he get out? Does he crawl he, out? He, so yeah, it tosses him out. He it tosses the vehicle. He crawls out, I think, and then it's there. So then he like crawls back in or something, and then he's like crawling through it and like kind of like what what's it do? I don't. How does it work? I think he ends up under it, and then the Indominus just basically throws it out of the way and just just munches him. Yeah, straight for lack down. of a better word. 
I'm like tempted to pull up this episode to find out. <laughs> it's a long sequence. I think he's in the van, he's out of the van, he's in the van, he's under yeah, the van. Yeah, it's like this cat and mouse game where the Indominus mm. is just so clearly about to eat him the entire time, <laughs> but he just kind of keeps avoiding it ever so slightly. I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and then I think it's at the end of this episode where we have the realization that Sammy had stolen Brooklyn's phone, right? So a bit of context like in the background of Sam uh, Brooklyn was filming a vlog just after the the uh, gyrosphere scene and she notices this is in an earlier episode that uh, Sammy is collecting swabs like samples from the dinosaur's mouth putting mm-hmm. it in a test tube um, so she has the phone this whole time and it's a bit of it's a point of contention in the show but she'll never admit to it but it's when they're driving away in the in the van that it falls out mm. Yes. And then they crash because Yasmina had only just trusted her. So these are little character characterizations that I like because Yasmina is pretty antisocial. She likes to keep herself to herself. Mm-hmm. And Sammy manages to break through that barrier and they kind of become friends. And then this happens. Then it's revealed, hey, oh, hey, guess what? Sammy was lying about hey, oh. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah it, it's, it's a really human interaction because it's funny. Every, every interaction Sammy had with Yaz was genuine. And it had nothing to do with all that other stuff. And it just, it, it's like the complexities of life and how messy it gets. And I thought that was just a neat little touch. I, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of cartoons and shows do this. I just wasn't ex- exactly sure what a Jurassic cartoon or show, what it would be really targeting, how much effort it would be put into it. So it was nice to see a lot of these humanizing elements and these sort of interweaving stories like that. Agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, so then we have... um Episode six, Welcome to Jurassic World. It pretty much continues straight away, and Sammy reveals that she was spying for Manticore, and she reveals how and why. Um, and then they kind of... I mean, this is where it catches up again with the Jurassic World timeline. We see Mizrani's death, but from a new mm-hmm. perspective. We see the Pteranodons escape, and as we saw in the trailer, we see them get attacked by the Pteranodons very briefly. And I forget where it leads after that, but it, they go... They go into the river adventure. Mm. They like Boom. run into the uh the kids like when the trandons are chasing them they run into the river adventure and we're not sure if we're not sure if the river adventure so the this is where we introduce the bioluminescent mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. parasaurolophus right yeah and we're not sure if those were actually public right were those dinosaurs i part- don't think so. So I, because we know that Jurassic World had camp, um, had Cretaceous crews, and I think Cretaceous crews in River Adventure are different rides. I think River Adventure was probably something that wasn't public facing yet, and they were going to introduce the bioluminescent parasaurs there. Yes, because that was a surprise to Darius, mm. um, and a surprise to everybody else. But that doesn't really matter because none of them are like Jurassic World addicts the way mm. Darius is. Um, so that was a surprise to Darius. So there's no doubt that was probably a new ride and a uh, non-public facing dinosaur at that time. But it's a cool sequence and everything in it is mm-hmm. rendered quite nicely as well. Like the there's... the dinosaurs look cool. They look good. Mm-hmm. The dinosaurs the look beautiful. I love all the di- like the way the scenes shot. So long drawn out dialogue se- sequence that happens leading into it. It you know it deals with some heavy themes. Um, I thought the entire it has really good music. I thought the entire scene was just beautiful. The way it looked, the way it was shot, the themes it was dealing with, the, the fact that it took a moment to breathe, mm-hmm. um, and it was mysterious. 
I want to talk about how they rendered the water, though. Um, <laughs> waterfall. What was going on? Was that like a real image of water that was like superimposed over like? I'm going to go some, back and watch this now because I don't. <laughs> there was some weird photo trickery going going on with some of the water rendering, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And it looked like it was live action footage of a, a like a miniature waterfall, like a fountain or a miniature waterfall or something, then blown up to look like a large waterfall. And I noticed that there were other things, like when the uh, Mosasaurus like jumps out of the water, the water effects seem to be almost like practical water effects that are rotoscoped in. And a lot of the dinosaurs sometimes look like they're really rotoscoped in. So I'm curious, like, I'm just curious what the behind-the-scenes tech of the show is because mm. sometimes it looks really good and really stylized, and other times it looks kind of bland and average, and other times it's just half, like, what it needs to be. Yeah, so um, as they're passing the parasaurs, they, they freak out a little bit, right? The parasaurs, mm -hmm. and then they end up going down and what would you call it? Like a chute that leads pretty much into the Mosasaur arena. <laughs> that so, yeah, was we got, weird. We've got to imagine that this is, yeah, it definitely wasn't open to the public because they, <laughs> they wouldn't want people going. I think there's a, there's like a, some bars across the, the pipe they go down and it looks like they've been sort of bent out of shape. Broken. So yeah. I don't know what did that, what's implied, what happened, why there's an <laughs> overflow there. It's the Indominus Rex. <laughs> I guess all we have to assume is things were awry. For whatever reason, things were awry, and the kids were, were somewhere they weren't supposed to be, so things weren't operating as needed. No. So they <laughs> they end up in the most arena, and we have a pretty cool sequence where they have to get out. And we have a repeat sequence that we saw in Jurassic World where the Moses sort of jumps out. They th it probably thinks it's going to get whatever's... It's the shark line, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's where the yeah. jaws shark is hanging. It's conditioned to, you know, assume food's up on that thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it was. It was right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it could have itself a Yasmina. And then it ate at one of the kids. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for me, this was the best point in the show. <laughs> no. And then uh, she hangs out with uh, Zara. Yeah. <laughs> you got to figure that's probably like right after that thing ate Zara. Like there might have been like bits of human dangly flesh in that thing's mouth when it jumped up for Yaz. Mm -hmm. She might have saw like. Bits of hair. Yeah. Clothing. <laughs> but they get out. They manage to get out. But this is this was a really cool moment. It's where you see the Mosasaur arena with absolutely nobody in yeah. it. And you realize the kids realize that the park has been has abandoned. Everybody's been evacuated. Yeah. And it's pretty I mean, you know, again, not a huge Jurassic World fan myself, but seeing a location from the park empty. Mm. There's just something hitting. very ominous about it, very creepy, and uh, yeah, that was really cool. And yeah, it was even also... like, go on. Oh, as I was gonna say, like even with like that alarm sound that plays at the end of that episode, oh. um, it's just got a very creepy, ominous feeling. I yeah. I really liked the. I loved how it played over the credits. You know, we didn't mm -hmm. get the the typical score. It just kept going, and I didn't skip to the next episode. I just sat listening to it, really freaked yeah. out because it, it really sets the tone of like the reality of like especially like what this universe is and everything like that like that event really tipped the scales when you see like where everything's gone since the Indominus Rex broke free it's like where Jurassic World Dominion is supposed to bring us it's like that event and universe really tipped off a you know global catastrophe of like these animals mm. just becoming a big issue so that that alarm there even in like a grander scheme of things it really does kind of make sense because like what's about what is happening right then is like a huge shift for the world 
Yes. The D-Rex has destroyed the park. But, uh, so let's talk about episode seven. So we have last day of camp. So they leave the arena and then they fight their way to the monorail. So this answers the question as to what the hell happened to the monorail after Jurassic World's disaster, right? The one we Mm -hmm. see in Fallen Mm. Kingdom. This answers that question, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I I guess what happened to the monorail, though, that was stuck on the tracks initially? How'd that even happen? I think yeah. the, the pteranodons are there, aren't they? Picking at it when when they arrive. Fair. Yeah, I, yeah pteranodons are pretty big, so even if one yeah. got struck by the monorail, that can make it jump track, I suppose. Maybe I don't know. But this was a cool sequence. So they have to get out of the Mosaur Arena. Yasmina's injured, and then the Carno comes for a little play. Toro, right? Toro, mm-hmm. Toro <laughs> comes to play, and they have to sneak through with Bumpy. Um, up until the monorail and, and then a couple of them make it and then you have this pretty <laughs> hilarious sequence where the Carno's like slipping up the stairs <laughs> they gave the Carnotaurus a ton more personality without being like uh, anthropomorphized um, I felt like the animal itself had a lot of personality like we get the feeling of it not being the most short footed on like angled surfaces and sharp turns and it just I, I don't know it was really interesting watching this animal behave differently than other Jurassic dinosaurs that we've seen. Watching Toro also just go up the stairs and keep making chomps reminded me of like something from Land Before Time in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> but that was cool. And then they finally do get onto the monorail and then they think that's it. They think it's safety. They celebrate with um what's that? Chocolate substitute. Um, oh, oh what is Carabar? Caribou? Caribou? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's something like that. Carob. Is it Carob? I think it's Carob. That sounds about right. It's a very American yeah. thing. We never really had it in Britain. But uh, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe uh, I do. I'm maybe sure I do, lying, but Chris, I don't know on. that I know. You know what that is. I don't think I know, you know what it is. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it's yeah. better that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Although after the show, I did have a look online to see if I could buy any because I was curious on the taste. <laughs> And then all I could read was that it sucks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a chocolate natural substitute that they they tried a big campaign in America or in the 90s, maybe, to get it to replace everything and like be like the healthy alternative. But the reality was it sucked. Anyway, that's some knowledge for you. Well, um, there you go. There you go. So great speaking with you guys. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So um, they finally make it on there. They celebrate. They all hate the drink. It's funny because, haha, Ben is weird. And then um, <laughs> there, it's there's no safety. And they were wrong. That is when it was all a lie. <laughs> it was all a lie. And uh, that is when the Tyrannodons continue to act like crazed piranhas. Um. By the way, where the hell were the Dimorphodons? They're not in the budget for this season. <laughs> but we know they're in later seasons. So I mean, I guess that's sort of exciting. I never really liked their design, but at this no. point, I'm kind of itching to see them again because they've been absent. You mean t- t-rex heads with tiny tiny bodies <laughs> yeah like just like slightly like if they slightly retcon the design and still keep the essence but like make it look less like a t-rex head on a tiny body i yeah. think they could really <laughs> i remember like the first time we saw them we're like what the hell is that they look like little indominus like flying like I'm so <laughs> weird but they were in they were in the lost world playstation game mm-hmm. i think and they looked pretty similar to how they looked in that game I mean, yeah, they're big heads on beasts. small bodies. They're very silly looking. It's just something about the Jurassic World one that really like gave it that sort of mo- like 
I don't know. It had a lot of design similarities with the Indominus, and also had like skull similarities with the T Rex. It was just, it was odd. You look at it and you go, "What the hell?" Yeah. Nightmare fuel. Um. So I guess in that sense, probably good that it wasn't. Maybe they didn't want to mix that nightmare fuel with the kids. <laughs> oh, you kidding me? Attacked. They get attacked by pteranodons, right? They the can just make them nearly... really, really like cracked out. Like anytime there's a dimorphodon on screen, like they're just like really hyperactive and not super bright. Well, may- maybe they burnt all their energy in the sequence in Jurassic World, and now they're all sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Or there's like feasting on the people that didn't dead make bodies. It. Yes, on all the on all the humans. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> maybe all the, the kids are going to go like walk in on in the aftermath. Uh, they're just going to walk on Main Street, and it's just going to be a war zone. They're just going to inch backwards. All these ripped apart bodies, faces being peeled off by dimorphodons. No, I mean, we <laughs> saw Main Street was pretty clean at the end of Jurassic World. Maybe, like, maybe like that's the one like thing that was still operating at Jurassic World was, like, the public-facing PR cleanup crew that just, like, quickly, like, scrubbed down all the bodies and everything like that. Scoop it up. Yeah, got, got <laughs> rid of TMZ it all, like, again, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, the one so, thing that was operating. Am I right in the, the fact that the Pteranodons attack the monorail and almost it almost comes off the tracks? Yeah. yeah. They keep, I think, like, the sh- the swinging, they, they keep thudding and dive-bombing it, basically. Yeah, cause the, and then they figure out they need to turn the lights off. Yeah. So they, um, And then there's that whole sequence right at the end, right? But it kind of ends on that cliffhanger. Um, yeah, that got me. I mean, that really got me. <laughs> Bye bye, Ben. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you little nerd. Good it's, luck now. It's funny because yeah, no. you kind of get the hint that something might happen, something bad might happen to Ben, like a set, like a second before it happens. It's just like the way he's like, "Well, I think everything's working out," and then like the way the camera kind of pans on him with like a deep focus, and it's like sort of like everyone's sort of separate from him, and that immediate like film like part of you that knows like these setups, you go, "Oh, bye, Ben." <laughs> yeah. I, I, the Bens have never had it easy in the franchise either. Let's be real. I mean, uh, Ben Hildebrand. It's true. That's that Ben had it real rough. I can't think of any other Bens, but I'm sure but, there are more Bens. Ben uh, Benjamin um, the, from the Lost Benjamin. World. Benjamin. Oh. There you go. Yep, another Ben Who, from um, from the Lost World. T-Rex come through his window. <laughs> yeah. What the about boy Lockwood? In San Diego. San Diego Ben. We ben, call him Ben, ben, ben Lockwood. Ben, yeah, Ben Lockwood. Benjamin smothered in his Lockwood. bed. <laughs> yeah. Gets smothered. smothered with a pillow. Yeah. Ben's, Ben's, had Ben's have not had it easy, so we should have known that when when they introduced Ben. Can I can I just put that forward as a suggestion as the uh, title for this episode? Ben's have it tough. <laughs> Ben's have it tough. <laughs> they do, though, and um, that's proven with what happens at the end of this episode. Where yeah, gets it's science. Taken out. <laughs> he gets taken out. <laughs> By a pteranodon that flies like through the windows, right? It dive bombs in there, like it's like the perfect hit, and it just goes through there and it scoops them on up. It's and the carob, it's... it wants the carob inside of him. <laughs> yeah, it was like a homing beacon. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's probably gonna turn out that like it didn't like the taste of him. Yeah, of the <laughs> that's gonna be like, um, oh, I squirted some in its mouth uh, from my juice box, and it just didn't eat me, it just dropped me, and that was that. Yeah, he finds an old water truck and just survives. It's been eight weeks. How long has he turned into this tough guy? Um, yeah, he's but, got like a beard. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ben, it's been three days. <laughs> he's, like, he's got a deep three voice. Three days on Jurassic World. <laughs> uh, so that, that's how the episode ends. And then uh, Darius tries it's to a, grab him and hold it's on It's a pretty to horrific it. scene. Like, when mm. he's like, 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 tearing up, like, please save me and everything like that. And like... Yeah. 
I, I don't know that once again it was a scene that even though once we eventually figure out how that all plays out and that he's alive it's still a pretty horrific scene yeah i gotta give them credit it, for it, it like they didn't try yeah. to soften it they didn't and they played it slow right had a bit of slow-mo i mm-hmm. think um they didn't try to soften was... it they acknowledged oh. it when we were analyzing the first trailer chris do you remember we were trying to figure out where they were when the Tyrannodon hit the window. Yeah, we were like, mm. what is it? It's the monorail. They were on the monorail. <laughs> yeah. And um, it wasn't a microphone. They weren't singing karaoke. It was a torch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, I, I like that version, though. I do like the version <laughs> where they're singing karaoke and they get dive by Tyrannodon because that does that just screams Jurassic World vacation gone wrong. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like That was probably happening at Margaritaville. Someone was probably singing karaoke. Yeah, man, I want to go to Margaritaville so bad. It's been too long. Uh, But yeah, anyway, so that's how the episode ends. So then we have End of the Line, episode eight. Um, Now, this was a cool episode. So it's a race against time as the campers make their way to the main dock Mm -hmm. to catch the last ferry leaving the island. But what if they're too late? And they are. They are too late. Um, Which I find... Tunnels come back and play. You know, we get a really, some really fun... We get to see compies again. Um, Mm, A lot of compies. And... The comics start attacking Kenji, and it's really funny because it's even played for gags. Like, the audience is supp- supposed to know that these are dangerous, but none of the kids other than Darius knows they're dangerous, and Darius keeps getting interrupted, that basically saying, like, guys, we need to freak out now, as, yeah. like, Kenji's just casually brushing away the compies that, like, keep basically trying to bite him and everything like that and jumping up on him. It's like, we've seen how that can go, and honestly, if the Carnotaurusins show up, it might have changed things. Yeah, we could have had a kid being eaten by 30 copies. Small piranhas. <laughs> yeah. But the, so the Kano shows up and they end up in, it's like a dock room, right? Where the mm-hmm. ferry would have docked. Yes. And they managed to, you know, they managed to escape. They managed to get away from the Kano to deter it from attacking them. Um, what I find well, I mean, most... Spoiler unbu- cast. So let's talk about just how damn brutal it is, what, they, what happens to Toro. Like that close-up <laughs> shot at the end. <laughs> Yeah. Detail it, Chris. Go on. I mean, we just see Toro's face, like, with all the flesh, like, burnt off. Like, there's, like, all this, like, fleshy bits and then burnt bits. I don't know. Like, that one extreme close-up. Hold on. I have a picture of it on my phone. Saving that for later. (laughs) (laughs) That I can send to group chat. It's just, I don't know. It just was very, very stunningly and also it was hyper realistic there were a lot of shots in this show not a ton but there are a lot of shots in the later episodes that felt like they were um almost like claymation or something like that if that makes sense um but they weren't but they almost look like stop motion models or something realist real um, i kind of yeah i kind of get what you mean like in the under any underwater scenes with the mosasaurus mm. um those scenes look weirdly real and then there are a few extreme close-ups of uh toro also that looked incredibly real um but sorry yeah do you know what scene i'm talking about though when toro is really mangled basically gets like an explosion to the face (laughs) yeah yeah there's a shot towards the end that um just i was surprised by how horrific looking it was but it's taking me longer to I think we'll just have to take your word for it. And uh, nobody's filling the silence. What silence? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I, I'm with you though. That was a cool sequence. There, I sent it. Um, wow. And it was cool to see how... Um, it was cool to see how more of that underground network worked, especially when it came to the ferry and, and things like that and how it mm. all connected up. That was that was good yeah. to see. Um, what else happens in that final episode? Then they're left behind. We discover that Ben's alive and we discover Bumpy's alive. I mean, Ben's either alive or there's you know, a very strong breeze. <laughs> yeah, Ben's either alive or Bumpy's discovering his corpse. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we discover Ben's kinda alive. Kind of hope it's the latter. That would be fun. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so Ben's alive. The kids are left behind, and we get Dave, and Roxy, <laughs> Dave and Roxy. Dave yeah, and That's the-, the one thing that I found entirely unrealistic. Is that I get it, evacuation procedures. But Dave and Roxy are like, no, there are six children still on island, and they get shoved onto the ferry, and they, they <laughs> literally <laughs> these six kids, other than anybody else that we don't know about, are left on the island by themselves. It's wild, wildly unrealistic. I. But then we are in the Jurassic Park universe. The thing is also that it's like lifeboats. It's like sometimes it's like okay, we still have security personnel on the island. My job is to get yes, you all yeah. off the island. This is the last public facing. That's it. That's it. Like it's I don't, evacuation procedures. It makes yeah. it, it, it. I get it. It's harsh. Point, but it's it's just harsh, but it's crazy to believe that David and Roxy wouldn't have just been like, I'm, I'm running. I guess the intention is. You want to stop were, us? Shoot us. <laughs> My guess is maybe maybe they tried and maybe they couldn't get away with it. I mean, th- I mean they're already talking about how they want to go back and like they have to go back and do something. And obviously, I think Dave and Roxy will probably end up going back. But mm. either way, we know they're going to be playing a role. And this might be how the show can pivot into something maybe a little more complex. Is also also through Dave and Roxy's character, is if the kids stumble upon something, maybe the show can then, I don't know. So if we, be... if we think about season two and we think about what's going to happen, Dave and Roxy heading back to the island is going to be one of the first things. There's no way they're going to leave these characters out. Dave and mm-hmm. Roxy, I think, are too crucial to the story now. But they're going to be some of the first people to go back. But the kids start walking back to the jungle. So I kind of wrote down in my notes, like, I think they're going to head... Uh, firstly, they're probably going to go to Main Street because it's the closest to where they were and figure, figure out if they can find... Like the idea would be to find communication, right? Mm-hmm. Try and see if there's any other survivors on island. See if they can communicate with the outside world. You know, Brooklyn's going to be like, we need to find a phone. I need a phone. Um, I need to tweet and Snapchat about this. But where else are they going to go? So, and what are they going to come across as well? So we've got the possibility of Manticore learning what happened mm-hmm. and rocking up on the island. You've already got the idea of poachers. People are going to be taking advantage of what happened there. And these kids are going to be in the middle of it. And I think that season two is, is going to be really exciting in that regard. Uh, yeah. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about Manticore. Um, the name's really cool because do you know, like, you know, the mythological creature of Manticore? Which is yes. sort of like a chimera-like <laughs> creature. So the name Manta, Manta Corporation is definitely a play on Manticore. Um, and something tells me this is how we're going to get more hybrids in the franchise. Oh, good. I think that's, that's just I, what we want. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I think is going to happen: <laughs> is I think Manticore might be, like you said, like a pathway and have connections to Biosyn. I think also that Manticore might be a way for the animated series to play around with certain concepts that the franchise can still play with, but maybe <clears throat> we don't really want in the live-action films, mm. like yes, random yeah. dinosaurs. Like, I you know I don't know. Hyperius yeah, messed up stuff. But here's a here's a question: 
obviously the Manticore subplot is, is something that will play a part in season two. We can, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it makes sense that they would continue that. But do you think Manticore is going to be something that plays a plays a part in the franchise in the movies? Um, I think it'd be smart if we get some reference to them in Jurassic World Dominion. I think in Dominion we're going to see probably more than Biosyn, I'd imagine. I mean, at the end of Fallen Kingdom, we have all these random buyers. So I think that there's a perfect way to insert and say, hey, in Fallen Kingdom, one of those buyers was Manticore, and the reason why is they realized they didn't have this X gene. or I don't know. And that could also then maybe we can see a Manticore logo or have reference in it in Dominion. I would like that. And I would like some of the ideas that whatever they're playing at, I would like it to still have some relevance to maybe where Dominion goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, make this story important enough <clears throat> that if the movies can revisit on it, there's bigger themes Agreed. at play that are still ready to be. Uh, yeah, or else, or else it would have just made sense for it to be a Biosyn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, so I think that's how we're going to... I mean, do you think a name like Manticore is coincidental? I don't know. I just I don't see it. I think coming any- out just after Onward uh, was really, really interesting. <laughs> That kind of uh, made a big use of the, the Pixar film. Was it Pixar? Am I getting that wrong? I feel like it's oh, Pixar. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> Manticore was in. It was the uh, thing and the person and onward. I forgot about that. But uh, Manticore is a Persian legendary creature similar to the Egyptian Sphinx that prolifer- proliferated in Western European medieval art as well. Blah, blah, blah. You got that written on your hand, Chris. Body of a lion, tail of a venomous <laughs> spines, porcupine quills, you know. But anyhow, <laughs> it's a chimera. <laughs> it's a chimera creature. Oh, it's even yeah. got like a little scorpion tail. No, I think you're probably right that this is... It wasn't a coincidence that they named it that. And maybe this is how they're going to play with more hybrids and weird yeah, blending like things. Manticore Rex. And, yeah. Manticore Rex. Give it like a scorpion tail. I don't know. Maybe there's another side of the island where Manticore another another side, of the, the other side of the the <laughs> yeah. underside of the island. Um, yeah, <laughs> the underside. But anyhow, I think Manticore as a corporation is interesting. I really hope we learn more about it. Um, I hope it has some importance. I hope we learn more about some of the stuff that Engine was up to. I mean, this is the perfect opportunity for these kids to then, like, as they're trying to rescue themselves on the computers to stumble upon things and then also the engine cleanup like the in like the scary part of engine their cleanup might be happening on the island at some point and they might not like kids snooping around because parts of engine were corrupt so it just sort of depends on like who's there and who's leading it yeah i don't know i think there's a lot of opportunity there um yeah but i think season two is going to pick up exactly where season one left off they're going to be walking through the jungle and it's going to be their their journey back, uh, communication, and then outside threats. I think is going to be more important. And obviously now all the mm-hmm. other dinosaurs are pretty much out. They'll. I, I think it's safe to say there's going to be a scene with the T Rex, whether I, it's just a oh, witnessing yeah. scene or whether it's an actual sequence. I, I don't see why it would have any reason to attack them. Um, you know, she just ate, so. She's not I mean, I think that the, she didn't eat the Indominus Rex, the Mosasaur. No, one, so. No, no, she's probably she's an old gal. I mean, I think that they can play with the T Rex where they keep her in the distance for a while, and she's constantly like this, like "Wow, look how cool," but also how scary um, type of thing. And then she can probably eventually come into play. 
Um, or they can, you know, save her for season two. But like, we also know the freaking the Ceratosaurus is in season two, probably, maybe I don't know, or season three. Well, maybe they had to sauna. Maybe they take a little ferry and they head to sauna. Wouldn't that be funny if they think that they're getting like free with like some sort of like, automated like boat or like on yeah, autopilot? Yeah. They just end up on his sauna. On sauna. <laughs> and there's raptors ready. Yeah, ready like, like JP three style raptors waiting there for them, and they're like, "Oh no!" It can sniff out Ben. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I'd really, I, I, the whole Manticore plot line is really interesting, but there's also just a lot of opportunity to discover what Engine was up to. Maybe we can figure out where the Nasuja-Ceratops came from, find out more about like things like Allosaurus. Um, I'm surprised yeah, for sure. that they, they can explore the island now. I um, honestly thought they were going to want to put hybrids in this, and I thought they were going to sneak in um, Stegoceratops. <laughs> but I guess there's maybe still that's seasons. Maybe season two. Yeah, maybe season two has a Stegoceratops. Please some people, for sure. But uh, yeah, it's exciting nonetheless. I think overall, the show was a lot of fun, and I was surprised... Uh, I didn't expect it to be crap. I just didn't expect that I would have that. Like people, like you, you described it, Alex. You know, you had a big grin on your face during it. I have to admit, when I first started watching it, I was grinning. I was like, I'm actually feeling this. I'm excited. It's got a good feel to it, and it feels a little bit more classic Jurassic than it did Jurassic World. It's Jurassic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, Mr. DNA, of course, um, made his appearance. Yeah, see, uh, there's like a lot of like little nods and a lot of little Easter eggs in this. Um, even just like the way that they move the camera or animated things that like, there's just a lot of attention to detail put into the show that I really, really enjoyed. Mm. And uh, yeah. I, Overall, very fun. Uh, was, so were there any burning questions that they talk about? I mean, they reference Dr. Grant's papers and whatnot. They even talk about something from Dr. Sattler. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but the only other thing I wanted to mention was that, the they have announced at New York Comic Con there's going to be a Camp Cretaceous panel in October. Yes. So the idea that this is going to be cancelled after season two and things like that, <laughs> they're pumping they're pumping some real effort into the show. Oh yeah, and it's clear they've got their own panel at Comic Con. They're expecting it this show to be Universal's big. We're going to see over the that. next few days. No, no, we're going to see over the next few days how uh, how well the show goes down, not just with critics and things like that, but with the general audience. The the audience that this is targeted at i think there's going to be a lot of excitement there so on october 8th to 11th there's going to be a youtube panel for new york comic con uh exec producers colin and scott creamer will be there uh zach stents who is the guy that developed this uh story editor staff writers will be there um and they're going to apparently take you inside the writing room of camp cretaceous so we may be able to if we (laughs) we may be able to get some spoilers from that (coughs) Just looking, if, <coughs> pardon me, if they've left things up on the uh, on the walls or whatever in the writer's room, be a oh, chance to pause and see what My see guess what's is we're not actually going to see into the writer's room. I think they're probably all going to be like Skyping in and it's it what they are is they are the group that made up the writer's room and they'll probably just be talking about it. But I mean, yeah. when you get that many people chatting, they're sure as hell going to talk about things, tease things. And a Comic-Con panel is a big deal. Again, they've never done this. So if we don't get a trailer for season two before then, we will get it then. But with Colin being on there, I imagine we'll get some neat little tidbits. Uh, there's definitely an opportunity <laughs> there. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I mean, again, they just Universal's never done this. It's a pretty big deal. And that's how you know this one's also canon. Is Colin's been 
so present with everything with it. Yeah, but with anything that's on the side, I'm sh- you can I'm sure you can take this like yeah yeah it might be canon, but like it'll be soft canon, right? Like well, no, I don't think so. I think that everything in this, I think the idea is it soft canons things like uh, the games or I guess Jurassic World Live Tour. Um, where this will be, yeah, you probably don't need it to understand the canon going forward, but it's still always going to be hard. Like, the things that it defines, I guess, are what they are. The only thing that I would maybe contest are the random dinosaur colors, because <laughs> every dinosaur seems to have 20 different colors in this show, um, with no rhyme or reasons. So that might be, like, the one thing that might not be canon, but that's, like, a style... That we're talking visuals, so that's sort of, like, stylization as opposed to actual story. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be good to see if they do reveal anything there. Like you said, if there isn't a trailer for season two by then, hopefully there will be then. Um, Or even like a date or something like that. But yeah, overall, I think Camp Cretaceous was great. Um, I think you guys kind of reiterate the same points, right? Yeah. Um, It's it's like, it's a good thing for this franchise. Definitely. A step in the right direction. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's it, it's a ton of fun. Like like Alex said, like I I had the same thing when I was watching it. I was just having a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of little elements in the story. I've watched it more than once so far now, and uh, it it just it's managed to engage me on other rewatches. Little yeah. things I picked up on. It's funny how like you know how I mentioned not liking Ben that much on my <laughs> re, on my rewatch. Ben softened on me like you know like he grew on me and he didn't seem as jarring or as frustrating to me but on my first watch it's just I felt like they took that characterization and that voice acting a little too far that was my first instinct but Mm -hmm. on rewatches that instinct hasn't been there so I don't know if that was wrong or if I'm just accustomed to it um and what that means I don't really know all I know is well, it doesn't huge, bother me. Huge praise to huge praise to all of those involved putting oh. the show together because it feels like a great piece of work it is. The animation is uh, hit and miss, is but good. Really great overall. Yeah, like I mean, there's a couple of bits that stand out for the right reasons, for the wrong reasons, but overall, mm. it's a really nice looking show and it handles the different environments really well too. There. Um, a few technical things so like when you have 3d environments like this it starts to stand out when the backgrounds are so static the jungles and whatnot none of the leaves move unless the characters interact with them and when you have a weird three-dimensional space like this it's like rendered in a three-dimensional engine and there's no sort of movement it's really weird now i know that traditional 2d animation tends to have static plates but what they do is they have a lot of layers on top of it that kind of add the inferred movement to background plates like smoke and particle effects and whatnot and camp cretaceous doesn't have that so sometimes it could look a little flat and a little stilted um when it comes to that the other thing i would say is i wish there was consistency between the rendering styles of the dinosaurs and humans i'm not talking about art style the cartoony art style for the humans is fine and the, the more realistic detailed art style for the um dinos is fine but uh mm-hmm. I wish the material values. The dinosaurs sometimes were lit to look like real-world surface materials, um, where the humans were just like 3D characters. I wish they would have lit them almost to look like they were like real objects being lit in the physical world. Like a stop-motion or a claymation-type movie. Because the dinosaurs sort of had that style in animation. Yeah. So that's I, like I think that, over, those are my tiny it's... nitpicks, but like those are just yeah for sure those are just thoughts that I think budget increases would probably address. Mm. I think as well, like they'll have more time now. They'll be um 
polishing things up as well season two may feel a little even more like refined in, in terms of that yeah. but guys um it's been great talking camp cretaceous with you um before we go another mention of our partnership with frame <laughs> uh from 10 discount use uh, uh uh discount code jurassic outpost links in the description uh they've got jurassic park lost world jurassic park 3 and jurassic world on there i think they're going to get fallen kingdom soon uh, check out the Jurassic Outpost store for masks, uh, <laughs> retro merch, Kirby merch, dinosaur merch, everything. Links in the description. Um, Alex and Chris, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having today. us. Um, of course, of course. <laughs> no, it's been great. And um, Camp Cretaceous, yeah, if you haven't seen it, why the hell did you listen to this podcast? Um, <laughs> what are you What are you yeah, doing? This is kind of full of spoilers. I really feel like someone should put a label on this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we detailed like episode orders, like what happens bit by bit. You know, you guys, you ruined it for yourself and you've only yourself to blame. Um, but anyway, goodbye. Leave. It's over. No, we're not talking about Jurassic World Aftermath today. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>